0: Welcome back. to the Brady Farkas Show right here on WDEV, AM and FM and WDEVradio.com. Very exciting for me this week to kind of do a uh, a tour of the local college hockey scene. Yesterday was Reed Cashman at Dartmouth. Tomorrow it's going to be Cam Ellsworth at Division Three Power Norwich. Today it's Todd Woodcroft over at UVM in his first year as the head coach. And I would say a uh, an interesting first year to say the least. And uh, Todd is with us now. Todd, how are you? Good morning,
1: Brady. How are you? Thanks for Good. In the name of uh in a group of great coaches there with Reed and with Cam, two guys I know well and admire both of their careers, two fantastic coaches.
0: Well, appreciate you joining us. Um, we've talked to Jeff Schulman earlier in the week. We know that you guys won't be playing this weekend as originally scheduled. How hard is it to get all revved up for a season, start the game plan, watching film of your opponent? Guys are ready to go, and now it's gotta be pulled back for another month. How tough is that for you as a coach now?
1: I think for I'm I'm secondary to the, to the equation here, this is first and foremost about the players and the athletes uh, who aren't going to be playing as anticipated this weekend. So it's almost like a game. It's eerily similar to how a coach would prepare uh, a momentum swing in a game, at least in my opinion, Uh, to me, it's finding community inside the chaos when things are going not great for you. You got to figure out a way to solve that problem. And in, even in a game of hockey, like how coaches, at least our coaching staff is going to judge the hockey IQ of our players. It's a similar situation. We're going to value ourselves on the smart decisions we make on the hard plays that you make as a hockey player, which are usually the right place. So these were hard decisions made by people. uh, And and it was all in the best interest of the citizens of Vermont. So we're, we're citizens of Vermont here. So As a coaching staff, we fully support this, and and we know that how we emerge from a delayed season here, that's a challenge to us, but those challenges will help define us. So what we're going to do is we're going to use these extra four weeks to get better. So it's almost an opportunity for us to continue our march to becoming the team that we want to be.
0: Logistically, what do you do to get better? Is it you're practicing five days a week still? Or are you now pairing it back? There's more video work. You're going to scrimmage every weekend. What do you kind of do in this four-week uh, kind of ramp-up period again?
1: Well, you're too young to remember the old Scantron tests back in high school that luckily were around when I was there, and I would say that would be E all the above. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Guys, we're, we're gonna do all of those. Like we, we're gonna continue to practice the way we've been practicing. And our mantra is we practice the way that we wanna play. So we're trying to bring a pro mentality of how we do things here. So you'd be surprised at how uh, the practices aren't two hour long practices. They have a point for each practice. Uh, you know, we're on and off the ice in an hour. Right. Uh, luckily with college hockey, we have way more time to develop players than you do in professional leagues. so uh, without having games in the weekends we can use that extra time uh, for video we can use that extra time for scrimmages so our plan is to scrimmage each other every weekend and treat each friday and saturday like their game days so preparing us for the 18th 19th that weekend when we do get back to playing uh, the first game we're going to be playing, we're going to be prepared for it with no surprises. We're walking and we're we're practicing national anthems, like game mm-hmm. music, everything we're doing, so that when we walk into that game, there's nothing that's going to be foreign to us.
0: You know, I talk a lot about professional sports a lot of football in particular during football season. We often talk about coaches trying to come in in their first year and implement a new system or build a culture or a new way of thinking. And I wanted to ask you about this because I was on a college baseball team. That was really bad one year. We were 1-17 in our conference my junior year. We got a new coach my senior year, and I thought it was really important for him to reach out to the upperclassmen and try to get them on board with what he was doing. How important is it for you? Look, your seniors now may not be a part of the next great UVM team, but how important is it to get them to buy into what you're building um, for subsequent uh, classes down the line? Uh,
1: I'm, I'm not contrary by nature, but I would be con- contrary with you on this one. Mm. In the word buy-in we i don't believe in buy-in because buy-in means that we're asking them to do something that we want we want our players to take ownership so whether you're a senior or a freshman we're all equal shares on this team and when you do leave this team if you're a senior this team and you're graduating and you're gone we want those seniors to understand that the people that are coming after them are gonna make those seniors proud. So the seniors do have a huge say in the culture that we're setting, but culture is such a, such a fluid word. Like everybody no. talks about culture like something you can order at a restaurant. It's yeah. not, it's something that you build over time and it depends on trust. It depends on honesty. It depends on consistency. And really it depends on actions. So the culture is set by all the players in the room holding each other accountable every day to the standards that were set for 50 years before these guys got here and for 50 years that are going to be for when these guys are long gone from the hockey program so if we're doing it right it's like a series of bricks that we're building and each of these players is a brick and they have a a chance to contribute to the culture that we're trying to build here.
0: Todd Woodcroft, UVM men's hockey coach, with us here on the Brady Farkas Show, WDEV, AM and FM and WDEVradio.com. Two questions I want to get you out of here on these um, about your team on the ice um, for what fans can expect. Last four years, maybe the record wasn't great, but what was great was the goaltending of Stefanos Lekas. He's gone now, so tell us about your situation in net because there's going to be a new net minder we're watching this year.
1: Well, I, I think Alec is, is an outstanding goalie. I've had a chance to get to know him a little bit over the summer here and got his input into the way things were done, and, and I think he's a pro goalie. Uh, yeah. But There were also five guys on the ice that were playing in front of him that were able to help him be a fantastic yeah. So that means that there was some structure there. That also means that there was some character there. There was some compete there. So that's still here. Those players, for the most part, are still here in that – willingness to compete for your goalie is still here but we have three dynamite goalies we have Tyler Harmon we have Matt Beck and Gabe Carrier those are three legit goalies who can play hockey in Hockey East so uh, our three goalies understand that there's nobody who's the owner of the cage they got to earn that they got to earn that every single Friday night every single Saturday night and that competition I believe and Jeff Hill uh, who's an alumni goalie and an assistant coach here. Obviously, everybody uh, knows Jeff Hill. That's how we feel this team will have success. But we do have a huge belief system in these three young men as goaltenders. Any one of these guys can step into the cage and and know that the, the five guys in front of them, or if it's four on a penalty kill or whatever it's going to be, they're going to be competing for him and maintaining that same character that was built uh, from Kevin Snedden's staff and going all the way back through Mike Gilligan, Coach Cross, and everybody here, understanding that they're going to bottle for every single centimeter, every single inch of the ice that's in front of them.
0: You know, I haven't spent too much time in my life following Canadian junior hockey, but in the last couple of years, I've started to really follow it. And the names that keep coming back to me are the Tinling brothers. Okay. Um, And you've got them. And Dovar Tinling is going to be, as I believe, the youngest player in college hockey. I've heard a lot about him recently. Tell me about the Tinling brothers, because it sounds like their names fans need to know soon.
1: Well, I think the first thing about the Tinling brothers that anybody would want to know is how strong a family unit they are. So when you're when you're talking about Azaro and Dolvar, you're actually talking about their whole family, and they have a sister who's an outstanding person as well. And their parents uh, have brought these two young men up, it, it, in my estimation, exactly the mm-hmm. right way. Like these these are two humble young men uh, who understand the opportunity that's in front of them. These are the two young men who will. Look you in the eye and say thank you. Hmm. Smallest details—they're gonna shake your hand and they're appreciative and sincere. So I think their family has done an amazing job. Uh, and then you get to the hockey part. So both these guys—they're they're two kind of different types of players. Like Azaro to me is kind of like the Milan Lucic. Like he's like the bull in a china shop. And if anybody's around this guy, they're gonna be in the eighth row. And he can shoot a puck and he comes off the wall hard and he defends hard he does all the details right Uh, Dovar to me is kind of like a like a mix of two guys I had in Winnipeg of Paul Stastny and Kyle Connor like the ability to see the ice like Paul Stastny would have and play in the middle uh, when we get him there eventually and and slow the game down and then make the right play. And then the Kyle Connor part of Dovar would be that explosiveness that to just find that next play quick and then that next play speed and then being able to finish like Kyle Connor would be able to do. So these are these are two excellent, excellent young guys that were recruited, uh, you know, by the staff ahead of me essentially. And Jeff Hill had maintained relationships with these young men all the way through. And and they they chose us, and and that's a huge benefit to this team and this program going forward. And and Actually, we can use that in the recruiting process for the next players. to say that you have an ability to play alongside guys like Dovar and all the other freshmen that have come in. We got a whole whack of them here that we'd need an hour to talk about each of them because they're <laughs> each such good players, all the young men that were recruited to come in here.
0: Well, we're looking forward to seeing the Tinling brothers and the rest of your team back on the ice. And uh, now about one month from now, so December 18th, uh, you guys can all start and get ready to go. We're looking forward to it. And... You know, between Reed Cashman at Dartmouth, between you at UVM, there is a real buzz and energy around D1 hockey in our area that, uh, you know, that I haven't been privy to in the last couple of years, but I'm certainly privy to it now. So we're looking forward to watching your team out on the ice soon, Todd. Thank you.
1: Thanks a lot, Brady. Have a good morning.